What's up, folks? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Janet and James Ramtram. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 31st in the year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramtaran, the podcast. What's up, folks? How you doing? Uh, hey, what you doing? What you think about me and you screwing? Hey, wait, let's make a date. Plans for dinner, because I know that you're a winner. Yeah, yeah. I used to know some fucking doorknob, douchebag, fucking friend. He, he used to, like, say that to a chick. He'd, like, roll up on her and just be like, Hey, how you doing? What you think about me and you screwing? Wait, let's make a date. Plans for dinner, because I know that you're a winner. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have dinner with you. I don't want to do nothing with you. Other than to explain to you, if you're unaware, this is a podcast, J.R. the P., Jonathan Ramter on the podcast, where I speak on myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listeners, y'all the dear viewers, um, shared experiences, kindred souls, best friends forever, you know, dinner, dates, luncheons, whatever the fuck I got to do to get those numbers up, you know, I'm going to the top, baby, baby, yeah, and if you have been enjoying the show thus far, please do, please do tell a friend, it certainly would help. You know, like I said, I want to get these numbers up. You know, I want to get my viewership up. So eventually I can leave y'all in the dust. You know, never hear from me again until I do something, you know, scandalous to end up in maybe like, a, you know, I don't know, some momentary news blip on the Internet cycle. But until then, you know, um, you know, shared experiences, kindred souls, best friends forever. So if you are new to the show, Jonathan Ramtra on the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire, 19 years of service, diploma in theater arts. That's being to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. As I spoke to you there um, earlier about my friend with that corny pickup line that he used to use on women... This is like back in high school and shit, right? One thing comes to mind um, in this day and age as an actor. It's the idea of creativity and the absence of nonsense. The absence of nonsense, you know? I've been thinking about what I want, you know, in my career moving forward and how do i get to what i to what i want in my career moving forward and this is something that is parallel across industry across uh disciplines whether it be you know career objectives um physical um fitness objectives you know, skill objectives, hobbies, cooking, you know, barbecuing, riding a bicycle, going for a jog, playing the old bass guitar, whatever the fuck it is. This is parallel in the in the pursuit of, um, you know, growth, in the pursuit of growth. And what I've been thinking about lately is the absence of nonsense, right? Like, when you're trying to grow anything, you know? Like, for example, I have this jade plant, right? Uh, if y'all know what a jade plant is, it's a succulent. It's in, like, the cactus family, you know, Chinese people sell it in Chinatown, you know? A jade. Jade, right? A jade plant. And it's a succulent. And it wasn't growing. 
It had become uprooted. It was in the wrong type of potting soil. The way I was attending to it in the plant's definition could be defined as nonsense. It was a nonsensical way I was approaching growing this plant. And it was all busted up and on death's doorstep. Finally, I did a little bit of research. I figured out, hey, you have to have potting soil that is a mixture of soil and sand to allow for the optimal drainage. You need a bit of a deeper planting pot. You need to plant that motherfucker right on the windowsill. Give it plenty of sunlight, you know, as Donald Trump would say, give it plenty of sunlight. Inject it with cleaning products, bleach, Javex, Lysol, whatever, okay? Fake news. But like, you know, I had to do all these things to alleviate the nonsense in the raising of this jade plant. A jade! This jade plant. I had to do a bunch of things in order to alleviate the nonsense. And now it's flourishing. It's back to life. It's on the mend. You know, the absence of nonsense, the absence of nonsense. And you need that in creativity. You need it. Because it's like, as I mentioned, my friend, that fucking creepy fucking, hey, what you doing? What you think about me and you screwing? Wait, like, he was a shitty friend. He really was. He was like a nonsensical waste of time. He was an asshole. Anytime I would hang out with him, it was obvious women didn't like him. My other friends didn't like him. Nobody liked him. He was a fucking prick. You know, he was a mega prick. And he had this ego about him that he was like God's gift to women. And he was a cool guy. In reality, he was a complete prick. He was probably like the biggest asshole I've ever met in terms of like my friends. You know what I mean? He was a complete asshole. And it took me a while to kind of like move away from him as a friend. And... His nonsense. And, you know, as I move forward as an actor, I could feel, and again, this is parallel. There's nonsense that be coming at you from every different angle, and you have to learn how to whack, 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 you know, wax on, wax off that motherfucker, you know? And, you know, it's not always easy. Especially in this time of pandemic when everything seems so forlorn, you know, hopeless, godless, thankless, you know. It's hard to have an absence of nonsense. So we got to fight through to live to see another day. And, you know... It's a real thing, this nonsense. A lot of it, too, stems from how you were raised. I came from a very anxious, neglectful home. There was a lot of neglect. There was a lot of anxiety in my home growing up. You know, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but suffice to say, there was a lot of neglect And there was a lot of anxiety. Everybody was always (laughs) nattering and bitching, whining, bellyaching, kabiking at a motherfucker. Like, you couldn't get a moment's fucking peace. You hated being home. That's why I hung out with such assholes. Instead of going to my home, where most people go to relax, replenish, you know, live. You know, instead of going home, I would go hang out with these assholes. Hey, what you doing? What you think about me and you screwing? Wait, let's make a date. Plans for dinner. Because I know that you're a winner. Yeah, yeah. I'm a ladies' man. You know, I'd go hang out with these fucking doorknob, fucking dildo, fucking fairweather friends just to escape the anxiety and nonsense of my home. And that's what I'm really thinking about in my career and basically in my life going forward. The absence of nonsense. It just weighs you down like a fucking anchor around your neck. You know? So, you know, 
And that can be also um, attributed, attributed to your own outlook, you know, the way in which you carry yourself, the thoughts that are in your head, your attitude, your outlook, your responsibility in the whole matter, the nonsense that you bring to the table. Yeah. So in order for me to continue my growth as an actor extraordinaire, I really have to cut, cut through this nonsense because, you know, I could feel it nipping at me, nipping at my heels, you know, nipping at my heels. Um, doubt, fear, anger, aggression. These are tenements of the dark side. You know, fear, anger, and aggression. I could feel it nipping at my heel. And that's just plain nonsense. It doesn't serve the purpose of growth. And... Um, Going forward, that's what I'm really focusing on in my career as an actor. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. I am also an A comedian, stand-up comic, 11 years of service. I've been plotting, scheming, hatching, you know, uh, doing my due diligence um, you know, keeping the mind going, being a man of my times, reading the paper, eyes open, thoughtful, pondering, queryful, um, inquisitive, you know, writing, sitting down and doing the damn thing, you know, getting out the old fucking notepad, you know, scribbling down my thoughts, my jokes, my juxtapositions, my paradoxes. You know, my metaphors, my similes, all that fucking shit. You know, alliteration, you know, obliteration. Sometimes you just crumple it all up and throw it in the garbage, right? Doing all that shit as a stand-up comedian extraordinaire during pandemic. And I'm trying to keep that nonsense away from my doorstep. Gone with you. Gone with you. You know, I don't need that shit. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to fucking level up. Level up, motherfucker, you know? Now's not the time to fall down on my haunches and lick my wounds. No, i got to stand up and slug it out, you know? Fuck coronavirus and fuck COVID-19 and fuck you, too. If you want to, like, come at me with nonsense, you know who you are. Trolls, naysayers, negativity, bitch, wine, bellyache, squawk, whining, bitching, moaning type of people. I don't need you. Sorry, folks. Um, you know, that's another thing as a comedian. You can easily, um, you know, ruin a situation. A couple missteps, a couple misspoken words, you know, all of a sudden. This guy's not funny. I'm offended. And rightfully so sometimes. But that's the line that we uh, tote as stand-up comedians. And that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it exciting, you know? And, you know, going forward, that's what I'm working on, you know? Keep on my plotting, scheming, hatching, you know? Keep on the writing, the due diligence, the metaphors, the similes, the alliterations, the paradoxes, the juxtapositions, you know? The, the whole fucking kit and caboodle. Keep on that shit. And um, absence of nonsense. You know, and, um, you know, just keep on that absence of nonsense. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. And yeah, that sums me up at the moment. Actor, comedian. So welcome to the show. COVID-19, coronavirus. Hey, um, silver lining. Here in Toronto, Canada, where I hail out of, Toronto, Canada, where I live, um, the emergency measures, the quarantine, the um, limited social interaction, social distancing, the closure of, you know, like parks, certain congregation areas, the emergency measures, all that is going to be lifted in a couple days. June 9th, I believe. 
So, you know, we're on the upswing, you know, in terms of uh, getting this whole society up and running, you know. The curve has been flattened, flattened, you know. Uh, but there's always, there's, there's still a swirling notion of uncertainty, but there is some light at the end of the tunnel, if that is a good or bad thing. Does that mean you're dying? Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? I don't know. But anyways, like, um, there is some hope, you know, emergency measures are being lifted. We're being able to phase ourselves back into a normal societal routine. Businesses are reopening. Um, summer is around the corner. So there's a lot of things to look forward to. Here are the latest stats on coronavirus. So worldwide to date, there are 6.08 million cases 6.08 million confirmed cases worldwide to date there are 2.57 million confirmed recovered cases to date and 370,000 deaths to date as of May 31st 2020 something in my eye maybe it's a fucking coronavirus droplet somebody fucking spit at me or something so yeah those are the stats and you know I'm glad that things are on the up and up things are starting to look good because I recently had one of the most trying, uh, some of the most trying days, the last several days were some of the most trying days that I've had since this whole saga unraveled, you know? Like, for example, here in Canada, emergency measures were pretty much ongoing since, like, I guess... March, let's just call it March 15th. It was somewhere around March 17th or March 27th. But let's call it like mid-March of 2020. That's when a lot of the emergency procedures were taking place here in Ontario, Canada. Like around mid-March. Globally, it's been ongoing since, I guess, it depends on where you're from. But this has been ongoing since allegedly... You know, November 2019. So here we are, like, what is it? November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. So like, you know, it's pretty much June. So it's been like about eight months globally. And, you know, reading about it, living through it, witnessing it, quarantining, masks, you know, washing of the hands, gloves, you know, dealing with all that shit. The last several days were some of the tryingest, some of the tryingest for me, personally. Even though, you know, things are on the up and up, you know, things are looking good. But last couple of days, I was feeling really down and out, you know, kind of like a dog's breakfast. Rotten, crummy, lousy, good for nothing, lay about, louse about, you bubble guppy, you know, feeling just like shit. You're not worth two cents. You're not worth a red cent. You know, just beating myself up in my fucking brain. Flopped out on the couch watching fucking Netflix, you know, one fucking depressing show after the next, you know. <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Epstein, murder mystery. You know, all these like real, you know, depressing sort of stories, which weren't exactly helping to lift my mood during this time. 
And it all comes down to that absence of nonsense moving forward, you know? During pandemic, during coronavirus, you know, if you haven't been ravaged with, you know, sickness, if you haven't been overwhelmed with, you know, financial concern, family concern, you know, all the real stress and accountability that a lot of people have had to face during this time. If you've been blessed enough, as I have, to, you know, as a single man, as a man, you know, well off, you know, I'm employed as an essential worker, um, I'm doing my podcast, I'm keeping healthy, I'm, you know, I'm, I've been blessed enough to, to have had a fairly straightforward experience during this pandemic, but there's a lot of people out there with family concern, financial concern, health concerns, you know, a lot of front, a lot of frontline workers, um, health, health industry. But if you've been like me and you've had some, you've had some, had the fortune and had some of the blessing enough to spend some time reflecting, you know, it's all coming down to that absence of nonsense, you know, like it's been on my mind because the position that I'm in right now is one that is very optimistic, hopeful, with a lot of different avenues and opportunities yet to be unraveled. It's like a blank slate. But some of the fear, anger, aggression that comes with this territory is like, yo, I'm moving forward as like a 33-year-old man with a blank canvas stepping through the door of pandemic into like an into a new frontier fucking walking out that door into the new frontier, you know, kicking the dust off my spurs and jumping on that fucking pony, (laughs) trekking out into the fucking unknown, you know, like, you know, I'm a man in recovery, three plus years sober, you know, a man on the mend, in my career as a stand-up comic, as an actor. I'm a, I'm a man on the mend in my health. You know, the last several years of my recovery, I've been working out consistently. So, you know, my body's been developing and changing, getting used to eating right. You know, I, I've been a pescatarian for the past uh, three-plus years. So... You know, for the last three plus years, I haven't ate, I haven't eaten any real meat, so to speak. Like, I don't know, like red meat, chicken, none of that. You know, I've only ate, I've only ate or eaten, you know, like fish, eggs, dairy products. So, you know, my body's changing in that way, you know, for health reasons, for just, um, for animal welfare reasons, you know, just some of the ugly, nasty farming practices around, you know, livestock and, you know, the farm industry, basically, right? Agriculture and all that. Livestock, just some real ugly, nasty practices, right? So my body's changing in that way as well, health-wise. Quit smoking cigarettes as well quit smoking cigarettes like in the last three plus years 
And, you know, so there's that. There's the health as a recovered man, as a pescatarian, as a non-smoker. All this change going into the new frontier. Trying to reclaim and trying to grow and change and adapt with my career as an actor, comedian. Uh... The realization, the sad realization, yet also the optimistic realization of, you know, my personal life has changed. You know, I hope this is um, relatable to people out there. The parallel that can be taken from this to anybody out there where it's like, I'm starting to see that, you know, stepping through this door, you know, pre-pandemic, Post-pandemic, stepping through this new door into post-pandemic, it's like I'm starting to really see that, you know, what I've always known, what I've known for the last little while is like my personal life has changed. I really, suffice to say, it's just me. If you're out there and you understand that and you can relate to that, then, you know, I feel you. Feel me. It's just me. You know? I got acquaintances. I got friends. I got family. It's all very distant. It's all very distant. I don't want to... I don't... I don't feel any way about it other than the honesty in it is... It's just me. And I have to take that as an opportunity and grow with it. Because um, the absence of nonsense, which which I've been speaking on, and which has been on my mind lately, and which has led me to have some very trying, difficult days, the last couple days, has been like the absence of nonsense in that, you know, I am in this precarious place where it's like, it's really just me. I got my goals. I got my hopes. You know, I've got all the work that I've done. And going forward, I know that there's a lot of things that undoubtedly have changed in my life. I am a, it's just me and I have to accept that moving forward. And how do I find new people, new opportunities, a new life. You know, how do I how do I come through this experience for the better rather than sinking back into the nonsense, right? Because in my head in my head I'm an optimist. In my head I'm an optimist. You know, I I'm, I'm that inner child. I'm that I'm that That young, bright-eyed, little boy, little dorky, little chubby, little black kid, dummy, little fucking loud mouth, little pot-belly, little kid running around screaming shit. Like I always was. A little inner child, right? The hopeful optimist. I'm still that little fucking black baby. The optimism, the joy of humanity, the love in my heart. I'm still that in my head. But in my heart... Actually, I got this backwards. <laughs> As most black motherfuckers get shit backwards. Um, I'm the optimist in my heart. All that shit I just said, that's in my heart. You know, the little inner child, the happiness, the joy for humanity, all that, that's in my heart. But in my head, I'm a cynic. I am like a complete cynic. It's sickening how much of a cynic I am. It's pure sickening. I am a cynic. The belief that people are motivated by self-interest. I look into this new frontier. I look into this post-pandemic and I'm like, if I don't get a hold of this cynicism, it's going to eat me alive. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't want to hold on to that cynicism because it's just too bleak. 
You know what I mean? I believe people are motivated by self-interest. I believe that everything that happens is a reflection of people's overinflated ego, self-importance, their own unrealized, unresolved issues. You know what I mean? Violence towards women. Manipulation and mental stress towards men. You know, it's a fucking two-way street. You know, men and women, that dynamic, it's a two-way street. Just be honest about it. You know what I mean? Men might be the physical aggressor. I don't have the stats or the statistics, but this is the shit that's been going on since the dawn of man and the dawn of womankind. It's a two-way street. We're, we're both, as men and women, completely obsessed with ourselves. It's an egotistical battle. The self-importance. The tug of war. What I want, what she wants. What she wants, what I want. You know? Clashing between races. You know? Ego. Self-importance. That's all it is. Religion, fighting between what you believe and what I believe and what we don't believe and what we collectively agree to disagree and not believe in to believe in something. Ego, self-importance, my religion over your religion, I somehow know something you don't. And, you know, all this has been really on my mind as of late. And, you know, I have to find a healthy way to move forward. You know what I mean? And a lot of my past is dead. It's a dead past. Like, there's no, there's no, I mean... I, I feel joy and, opti and optimism in that, but I also feel some fear in that. Because it's like, well, what if I just revert to my old ways? What if, why don't I just go back into the cocoon of my old ways and hold on to my old ways of life when it's like the future is calling for me to grow? My future is calling for me to grow. And that's relatable to everyone. Our futures are calling for us to grow. And are we going to answer that call? Are we going to rise to those challenges? It's tough. You know, especially for a guy like me, if you can relate, where I'm just soaked in cynicism. In my apartment building, um, like many apartment buildings in a large metropolis, lately we've been having some pest issues, cockroaches, bed bugs. It's just how it is. Some people are, I don't know what it is with people. I don't even know how these things get attracted. It's, it's from dirty, disgusting living conditions. Anyways, this is something that is not new to a metropolis and, you know, you take care of it. So, you know, I've recently cleaned my apartment, sprayed it, you know, just to keep on top of the whole pest situation. So the other day, you know, as a part of my routine, as a part of this new cleaning procedure, I'm in my front doorway, right? And I'm laying down a protective strip of like um, double-sided tape. That way no critters can like crawl through my front door, you know, that, you know, just a little protection, you know, it's a little much, but, you know, I like to have a clean apartment. So, you know, I'm taking care of some business there. And my neighbor, I got this neighbor, and he's a guy that I used to know back in my drinking days. You know, I used to drink with him. And some of the other dudes in the neighborhood, we drink and whatever. But, you know, I've since moved on and we're friendly. We're on friendly terms. I say hi. He says hi, whatever. He's walking by me, right? And he's like, 
Oh, hi, Jonathan. How's it going? I could tell he's a little bit drunk, right? And he's a gay man, coincidentally, right? And a couple times in the past, like very rarely, but a couple times in the past, you would get a little drunk and try to get a little touchy. And it's like, buddy, just back off, right? And it's it's really no big deal. And I've, I always took a hypocritical feeling to that situation. Like, I never wanted to get all upset and scream at him. Like, get off me. I'm not gay or whatever, right? Because it's like, it would be so hypocritical of me. There were, there were so many times when I'd get drunk and hit on women and, you know, make a complete pig of myself that, to be honest, that's how I kind of felt. I felt like a hypocrite. Like, a couple times he would get drunk and make a pass at me say some ridiculous shit, you know what I mean? Like, I remember one time he had one of his little boy toys with him, right? It was his birthday. <laughs> he had one of his boy toys with him. He'd, Hello there, Jonathan. This, this Hispanic dude, right? And they're fucking hammered, right? And I guess we were outside drinking, like, you know, in the front of the apartment building. There's like a little parquet area. So we're all out there drinking. It's the buddy's birthday. And his little boy toy was just hammered, right? Like, Jonathan, I want you to fuck me, raw dog me in the ass. I almost threw up. I want you to raw dog me in the ass. I'm like, want me to raw dog you in the ass? Are you out of your fucking mind, right? I was like, holy fuck. I almost puked, right? Disgusting. But I didn't make a big deal of it and scream and get offended because, you know, I get drunk and act like a pig towards women. I used to, you know. I would say something like that to a woman. I've said all sorts of shit like that. I want to fuck you, baby. I want to jizz on your face. I've said all sorts of shit to women in the throes of alcoholism, right? I don't want to get too hypocritical, throw a tantrum with this guy. But suffice to say, he's a creepy gay lord. <laughs> he's a creepy gay guy, right? Like, you know, when he's not drinking, he's perfectly fine. But when he's drunk, he's a little touchy and weird, right? So anyway... I'm in, I'm in the front of my apartment and I'm laying down this protective strip. He sidles past me and he's hammered, right? Hi, Jonathan. How's it going? <laughs> so, hey, what's up? I have a mask on, right? He leans in towards me. Hey, how's it going? Uh, he's like leaning in towards me. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? And he like rubbed my back and I'm like, ah. Oh. And then... You know, I didn't lose my temper. I, I tried to, like, just talk to him, right? I'm like, okay, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, good. How are you making out during this time? I'm like, good, man. I've just been working out, keeping healthy. Have you ever thought of trying to maybe, you know, do a little exercise or something? Because he's like, he's like an old, he's like in his mid-50s, big beer belly, smoking, just looks like shit, right? Disheveled. He goes, oh, no, I'm too old for that. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You just got to want it. He's like, yeah, I guess. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Bye, Jonathan. I'm like, yeah, bye, whatever, right? So I tried to give him some kind words and some hope. Told him that, you know, it's never too late to want to get in good shape and take care of yourself. You know, he's not by any means an old, old man. You know, he's like mid-50s. But he's just a creepy gay lord. <laughs> he's, a, he's a creepy, touchy drunk. Truth of the matter is, right? You know, and it's like I've been cutting him this slack. That's what I mean about my cynical mind, where it's like in my heart, I reach out to him as a past friend. In my heart, I reach out to him as a, um, you know... A fellow alcoholic, you know, I, I'm no longer an active alcoholic. He's still in his world of alcoholism. So I reach out to him as a friend in my heart. I reach out to him as a fellow alcoholic in my heart. But in my mind as a cynic, I'm like, yo, fuck this creepy gay lord. Fuck this creepy gay drunk who's always touching at you when he's drunk. Fuck his stupid loser attitude. Fuck him. Coming up in my face. During pandemic, how fucking stupid do you have to be to put your fucking face next to somebody during a pandemic? You know, during a, 
unprecedented time in our history where there is a virus being spread by close contact between people. You're going to creep up on a motherfucker, stick your face in his face. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. Rubbing my back. Put his fucking hand on my back. You fucking idiot. I'm a 33-year-old grown-ass man. I'm straight. I don't know how many times I've been respectful to you. And I don't know what you think. What is in your mind to think that you're going to come up and rub my fucking back? It's like, yo, you're not worth the time of day. You're a fucking loser. I don't even know why I, 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 I tolerate this shit. You know, I'm trying to have an absence of nonsense. Cut these dead ass, dead weight people and situations out of my fucking life. It really upset me. You know? He doubly disrespected me. You know what I mean? Invaded my space when I have a mask on. I obviously don't want to be in close contact with people. Like, I don't personally know what the coronavirus is, where it came from, how it got here, what the whole true narrative is. But I do know that people get it. I do know that there are people in my community who have had it. And I'm not too enthusiastic about catching it. Right? So I'm doing my part. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not even overly protective about it, but just some things are so fucking commonplace. Why would you creep up on me, stick your fucking face in my face? Hi, Jonathan. Fucking rubbing my back. I should have punched him. Dude, like, I tensed up, and I had this feeling of, like, what the fuck? And then in my heart, in my mind, I'm like, this guy is your friend, allegedly, or whatever. This guy is a past friend and an acquaintance. This guy's a fellow alcoholic. Just cut him some slack. Try to give him some hope because he's obviously a pathetic loser. I told him, yo, dude, like, it is never too late to get in shape and, you know, take some concern for your health. You know, he's just like standing there all dejected looking. I know, but, you know. <laughs> just a fucking real loser. That's the cynic in my mind. And it really upset me. And to the point when, like, I was doing dishes later that day. I was doing dishes, and then all of a sudden I just snapped. I just started smashing dishes. I smashed, like, fucking two dishes in the sink. That's how fucking pissed I was. I just started smashing dishes. Just completely disrespected, you know... He invaded my space during this time of coronavirus. You know, he invaded my manhood. Like, I don't know how many fucking times I got like, you know, I don't know how many times I put it to him or just like made it clear. Like, dude, I'm not, it's not like, it's not like he's overtly making a pass at me, but he's playing a fucking game where it's like, dude, you're gay. I know you're gay. I appreciate that. We're friends, but it doesn't give you the right for you to take advantage of my kindness by every now and then when you're drunk, you fucking slip your hand on my back or make some creepy queer ass fucking like, dude, this is the type of shit where it's like when people start getting disrespectful, um, you know, or a lot of disrespect and mis misunderstanding between the gay community and the straight community happen. Like, dude, I've been nothing but respectful to you and in terms of your sexuality and accepting of you. Then you play this fucking game with me where, you know, I have to be on guard in case you might want to fucking make some weird fucking pass at me. It's like, why do I don't even bother with you? Why don't I just write you off as my creepy gay neighbor and just not even look at you? So, really fucking bothered me. And, you know, that got me thinking because it's like, you know, I'm being too, you know, my life has really changed. I don't really have any real obligation to anybody anymore. I don't have any obligation. I'm free. I don't have any obligation to anybody. 
And my mind's got to be in the future. And I want to go and I want to grow in that future. But then again, I don't want to hold on this cynical, guarded, like, you know, fuck everybody, mistrustful kind of space in my head. You know what I mean? And it goes to more than that, you know? Like, I'm on the phone with a friend too, right? Like, we were, this is a different friend. I'm on a phone call with him. And suffice to say, it just sucked. He's got this girlfriend who is, um, she's rude. I know that sometimes they listen to the show or sometimes he listens to the show. And I don't feel any which way in saying this. Without being too judgmental, truth of the matter is, she's rude. She like sits by him while he's on the phone with me, listens to every fucking word he says. And it's like, you know, she's making noise and fiddling around in the background. She was playing the fucking xylophone. She's all like, ding, 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 ding. We're like trying to talk and shit. It's like, yo, we're childhood friends. You know, we're childhood friends. We connected recently enough as like, you know, maybe like, I don't know, three or four years ago, we kind of reconnected online. And we, we found that we had a lot of similar interests and, you know, we enjoyed talking to each other. So every like three or four months, you know, because he lives in a different province than I do, every three or four months we get on the phone, we get on Facebook Live or whatever, Facebook chat, and we have a talk. We talk for like, you know, two, three hours or whatever. And that's what we like to do. We're childhood friends. We've known each other for years. And... You know, I could understand if, like, I was showing up at their house, you know, and, you know, interfering with their life and, you know, trying to drag him into horrible situations. It's like we're both, like, artistically minded. So it's like all all we ever do is really talk about ways of, like, you know, leveling up, upping our game and shit. So it's like we're healthy for each other in that sense where we're both got a lot of creative goals like we're you know we're good friends and it's like i don't know what's with this rude jealousy bullshit she plays it's like what are you jealous of what what's this fucking why do you have to like intrude on our time you know and that's what she was doing she's just straight up rude every time we talk and i'm it got to the point where it's like you know it's like she's done this several times right that's why it's like not even like just like a random occurrence you know, like I'm not blowing this out of proportion. I, I started to notice like every time I'm talking with this dude, she's in the background banging, making noise, talking at him. So without going any further into her on any judgment level, I have no problem saying she's rude. She's rude. It's like I'm talking to my friend. And he should know that. He should know that. But yet he tolerates it. So I was talking to him and it was fine. Like she was rushing him off the phone, right? He's like, oh, well, I got to go. It's our bedtime. It was her fucking, she was rushing him. She basically told him it was his bedtime. I couldn't believe it. He's like, well, I got to go. Um, it's bedtime. I was like, what? It was like their bedtime or something, right? I'm like, and he, and he was doing that thing where I don't know if you've ever had this experience like when like, you know, when, you know, you got a male friend or female friend, it's not it's not a, it's not it's not specifically a male or female thing. There's possessive, jealous boyfriends. There's possessive, jealous girlfriends. There's possessive, jealous, transgendered friends. It's not a gender thing. It's about an inflated ego, a distorted mind. Right. So, you know, the self-importance of somebody who wants to control their partner. It's fucking mental, right? But anyway, like, um, you know, if you've ever been in that situation when, like, that's going on and then they try to have, like, some sense of, like, um, they try to, like, they're going along with what the person's doing to them. The person's dragging them away from the conversation, but yet they're trying to hold control of it when it's like, if you were truly in control of it, you would just turn to her and go, I'm on the phone right now. 
we're going to have to talk about this later. And then later, they would go and have a conversation where it's like, look, when I'm on the phone with my friends, that's what I want to do. They're my friend. They're my friends. And when I'm on the phone with my friends, you can't be interfering with that. It's crazy. Why would you interfere with me talking to my friends? I would never interfere with you talking to your friends. So don't interfere when I'm talking to my friends. That's how I would talk to my woman. But anyways, this guy, he just lets it happen, right? And he's doing that thing where it's like, um, he's trying to like save face, even though he is listening to her, right? He's kind of dragging the conversation on, even though he's like, okay, well, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. But um, so yeah, John, um, uh, I gotta go, but um, I'm not gonna go right now because I'm gonna go in a minute or two to try to hold on to some of my power. And um, but I am getting off the phone because my girlfriend's basically telling me it's my bedtime. He's kind of like dragging it out, right? I'm just like, dude, whatever. I'll talk to you later. Bye. And I just kind of pretty much hung up on him. I'm like, you make me sick. You know what I mean? You make me fucking sick. I was just like, okay, whatever, dude, later. And I just kind of hung up on him. I had enough of it. It's been like, it's been like the past several times we've been talking. It's been like that. She's just clanging and banging in the background. So it's like all this stuff, all this stuff where it's like, I'm seeing some growth in me. I'm seeing some growth in me where it's like things are changing and my attitudes are changing. And it's like my cynicism, because in my heart, in my heart, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I always want to give a second chance. I always want to go the path, the path of least resistance. But it's like, I'm seeing that there's so many people and situations that aren't worth the time of fucking day. You know, career-wise, as I told you, there's mega, mega trials and tribulations as an actor comedian you gotta work all these stupid tit for tat fucking dr seuss mother goose cat in the hat fucking dummy dilettante dipshit fucking jobs you know cashier construction worker uh janitor like all these dummy little jobs to pay the rent to keep the dream going as a performer so there's all these things that are like calling for me to address and, you know, I'm, it's all coming into focus during this pandemic. And I'm looking into my future. And I got to step through this door of pandemic into a uncertain future. And I just want to have the clarity of heart and soul, body and mind. You know, I just want to have that clarity moving forward. It's very important to me. And, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it all comes down to that absence of nonsense because, you know, the world is a beautiful place full of wonder. It truly is. I'm looking out the window right now. It's May, end of May, beginning of June in Toronto, Canada. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's a blue sky, green trees. What a wonderful world. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. You know, it's fucking beautiful. I see trees grow red roses too. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? You know, it's, it's a wonderful world, but it's also very cynical, motivated by self-interest. You know, this whole pandemic, it might, it's not far-fetched that once this thing all comes out in the open, that it was a complete lie. It's a complete lie. It's not that far-fetched. We're still in a time right now where we're no further to the truth. It's still the same uncertainty that it was in November. Eight months later, it's still the same level of uncertainty. What is the coronavirus? Where did it come from? Was it biologically engineered? Did it come out of a wet market in Wuhan province? Did it come out of a Wuhan laboratory? 
Was it biologically engineered by the American government to disrupt the Chinese government? Was it biologically engineered by the Chinese government to disrupt the American economy? You know? Was it something that was used as a biological weapon against population? You know, a population control weapon. Does it have to do with the Middle East? Does it have to do with environmental um, concerns? What the fuck is it? And walking through this door pre-pandemic into post-pandemic, I just want to be healthy, body, soul, and mind. You know, clear mind, clear heart. And I want to be able to grow. Grow into this new future, you know? Um, And be in the now. Be still in the now. You know what I mean? And... You know, I'm a little nervous because there's a lot that, like, my life has changed. And I hope this is a parallel that you can relate to, but my life has changed. It has changed. I'm walking into a new life. And, you know, I got hope and optimism, but I also got that. Fear, anger, aggression. These are turning me to the dark side. Fear, anger, aggression. These are turning me to the dark side. I got all that shit, man. And it's like, no. No, I'm, I'm going into a new time. I need new energy. I need new energy. And... And I know this. And it can't be any other way. New energy. But you know, if you have been listening to the show thus far, this is episode 127. And it's been about that. You live it, you love it, you realize it. You know, living, loving and realizing it. Realize it. It's been like that since day one. This is a show about growth. And, um, you know, some of the growth too is like, um, yo, I didn't really take the bait. I didn't get as angry and as biting as I could. I didn't want to be petty. I didn't, you know, I think I was, you know, as, as, as terse and as blunt as I spoke on my neighbor, my, uh, my friend, his girlfriend, you know, the duality of life, that biting, painful duality of, you know, the wonderment and the cynicism. As I spoke on those things, I, I feel like I did it in a funny, classy way. I didn't want to sink down into the pettiness and really chew into it because it's just not where I want to be. It's not where I, where I want to be. I want to be in that new body, soul, and mind going into this new world post-pandemic with new energy. So um, I do thank you very much for your listenership, your viewership. Um there are many things to come here on Jonathan Ramtran the podcast, JR the P. And, um, you know, do hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> if you got any questions, queries, or qualms, there's a little fucking pigeon. A little pigeon just flew on my doorstep or my windowsill. What's up, buddy? <laughs> and, you know, we're going to rock it and we're going to just keep rocking with it. And um, I thank you for being here with me. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramjohn. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 31st. The year of our Lord, 2020. You know, absence of nonsense. we got to get it out of our lives, folks. We're going into a new era post-pandemic. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. you got questions, queries, or qualms, 
anything you want to throw at me, do hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. I'm available on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. Catch me on those platforms. If you're enjoying the show, please do tell a friend. It certainly helps out. You know, we're trying to grow. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight. Peace.